So last week I began the message by asking if any of you have ever cried during a movie before. Well, I ask you another question. I want to ask you, have any of you ever felt motivated by a movie before? Huh? Yeah? I mean, if you want to be motivated, just watch The Mighty Ducks and listen to Gordon Bombay. Okay, he will inspire you. Not tracking with you all? Uh, okay, go back to, uh, you could watch Coach Carter. You could watch Remember the Titans. Really, any sport movie, you can be inspired. There's something about movies that engage our senses, and they flare up these emotions within us, and they can motivate us to want to make changes or to live differently. Moana, to me, is an inspirational movie. We're in week two of our series, Preaching Pixels, where we're looking at these animated films, and we're finding the biblical truths that are kind of hidden within them. Last week we talked about the Lion King. This week is on Moana. And to me, it is an inspirational movie. It motivates me to remember who I am meant to be and what I am meant to do. You could say in a lot of ways, I want to be like Moana. Especially the hair part. I would love to have Moana's hair. Probably not going to happen. Does anyone else want to be like Moana? Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me give you a quick recap of Moana, in case you haven't seen it or it's been some time since you have. Moana is the daughter of the chief of a village, Matanui. The villagers live on an island where their source of food, uh, which is mostly coconut and fish, are becoming increasingly scarce. Now, they believe this is happening because centuries before, Maui, a demigod, stole the heart of the goddess, Tafiti, causing a lava monster, Taka, to appear and disrupt everything. Still with me? (laughs) Moana, since she was little, has a special connection with the ocean. She feels called out by the ocean to travel beyond the reef that circles uh, and, and surrounds their island. But her parents refuse to let her go because they're afraid of losing her to the dangers of the sea. Moana grows up, and she's being prepared to take over as the village chief. But her heart is still set on venturing out into the ocean. Now their food situation becomes even more desperate on the island, and once she discovers that her people were not actually settlers, they were once voyagers, she decides to strike out on her own, find Maui, restore the heart of Tafiti, believing that will make all things right. She meets Maui, a lot of hijinks ensue, they form a bond, they work together, ultimately they make everything right in the end. And the movie closes with Moana leading her people away from the island across the sea as they embrace their identity as voyagers. There's a lot of moving moments within this movie, but the most moving part of the tale is the character of Moana herself to me. She is strong. She is caring. She is kind. She is determined. She's resourceful. And nothing will stop her from fulfilling her purpose, which was to save her family, whatever it takes. I find it deeply encouraging and inspiring. Now, this is a Disney movie, so someone created this character, but we have a true story that actually did happen, which is also filled with inspiring tales and the like. And the reality is Moana doesn't exactly 
like the theology of Moana doesn't really line up with our theology. We know that. We name that. Whatever kind of theology it has, it's not our own. We don't believe in demigods like Maui. We don't acknowledge other gods like, and goddesses like Tafiti and so on. But there is an overarching theme within Moana that does connect really well. And that's what we are focusing on today. And that topic is the idea of living into our calling. Being who we were made to be. You see, Moana lives in this tension. She longs to please her mom and dad. She desperately wants to be a good daughter, as she says in the song. And she wants to help the villagers and the island. But she has this longing, this pulling towards the sea. She feels like she was created for it. Now her parents in the village, they play it safe. But they have understandable fears, which keeps them back. You see, Moana's dad had tried to venture beyond the reef, and he lost, I think, was it his friend or his brother? I can't remember. I lost it. Friend? Lost his friend in the water. So he's terrified that Moana will die if she tries to strike out. And yet, they live within that fear while their current circumstances crumbles around them. Moana longs to honor them, but feels this pulling to the sea as she sings the sea. It calls me. And that's the tension she has. It's a tension of calling. She's pulled back and forth. She feels stuck, unsure of what she's supposed to do. And then her grandma, she's a self-identified uh, village crazy lady. This lady's awesome. Anyone like grandma? Anyone want to be like grandma? Oh, yeah. A lot of grandma fans out there. Yeah. She knows what's in Moana's heart. So she leads her to this secret cave, and Moana says, what's in there? And Grandma says to her, it's the answer to the question you keep asking yourself. Who are you meant to be? Consider for yourself for a minute, your own life. Who are you meant to be? Last week, when we were looking at the Lion King, our focus was on remembering who we are. You remember Mufasa's words, you are more than you have become. Remember who you are. Today's question is, who are you meant to be? Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are called. We try and stress this a lot here at Hope. It's not just pastors that are called. It's not just the elders or the deacons that are called or the missionaries and the ministries we support that are called. It's every follower of Jesus has a God-given calling. And if you doubt that God has called you, then I would like to first remind you of who you are. This is a cliff note version, and I'm going to go through it quick, but hear who you are. You are a child of God a friend of God. You are justified and redeemed. You are free. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are not condemned. You're a co-heir with Christ. You are accepted by Christ, a vessel of the Holy Spirit, a new creation in Christ. You are the righteousness of God, a masterpiece of God, a citizen of heaven, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Now, if God sees you and sees all these things as your identity, then you know you are called to do something mighty and meaningful with your life in God's name and for his glory. 
you are called. <laughs> yeah. So who are you meant to be? Moana was meant to be a voyager, to be a leader of her people. Her parents wanted her to be the leader of the tribe. She wanted to venture out. It turns out for her, she was meant and called to be both. In my life, I have discovered I am meant, I am called to be a pastor. I didn't always know that. I wasn't like three years old, like, I want to be a pastor. Wear glasses. No. It's not what I said when I was three. I didn't always know that. I had a lot of tension in my own story like Moana did. But God is good. He has brought me to this place where I am today, where I stand before you saying, I'm not Kevin, I'm Pastor Kevin. It's who he's called me to be. Who are you called to be? Think of Jesus Christ when he called the disciples. The disciples were normal, ordinary, everyday folks like you and like me. And he invites them into their calling with just two words. Follow me. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They're casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And then going out from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, there you go, Ethan, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus, what? Called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Jesus also called Matthew the tax collector similarly. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. He told him. Matthew got up, and what did he do? He followed him. He called these gentlemen who didn't have a rabbi to follow, who, who uh, didn't, weren't good enough by the world's standards to be chosen by a rabbi, who were doing the trade of their fathers. You could say blue-collar workers, he called, all the way to government employees such as Matthew, the tax collector, he called. If he can call a blue-collar worker all the way to a government employee and make beauty out of it, he has called you to make beauty out of what you have too. Follow me. Leave what you know. Leave what's familiar. Leave what is safe. Leave what is comfortable. And step toward me and live into your calling. To fulfill God's calling on our life, it is to follow Christ wherever he leads. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor I simply have sought and tried to live my life being faithful to what is right in front of me. And what I found as I sought to do that is this was my journey and where he's brought me. You may wonder what your calling is. A lot of times we'll overthink this idea of calling and we'll kind of paralyze ourselves. My encouragement is simply be faithful to what is right in front of you. God is going to lead you and guide you forward. Seek to be faithful to what is right in front of you. So if last week was about our identity, this week is about our purpose. 
God has given you a purpose. He has called you to an important kingdom work, and he will equip you on the journey. And like I said earlier, Moana inspires me, and the, the reason it, I'm encouraged by watching this fun Disney film is that watching Moana reminds me of my own God-given calling. So we're going to look at four ways that she might remind you about your God-given calling. And the first is this. Our calling, within our calling, there is a sense of urgency. The work that God calls us to is important. Now think about Moana. She had no choice but to strike out and to try and save her people, no matter how impossible it seemed. The work she had before her, it was of incredible importance. It was, it was her family's life and the village's uh, well-being depended on it. And we remember the disciples. Think of the Gospels that move at breakneck speed. And, and, and there was an urgency to following Jesus and doing what he has called them to do. And as Jesus said, when he came, he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God, it is not far off. It is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. There was an urgency to Jesus's ministry, an urgency to the disciples' ministry. And the work that God calls us to is of the same importance. There is the same level of urgency. We're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, to bring the light and love of Jesus Christ every single place we go. We are called to that kingdom work. And so we're reminded what we do, how we live, matters to the king and to his kingdom. We're not called to this life on earth for a life of comfort. We are called to a life of kingdom advancement. There is an urgency in what God has given us to do. That's the first thing I'm reminded of. The second thing is that you do not need all the answers or have all the skills to live into your calling. My goodness, how bad off would we be if we needed to have all the experience needed to do what we were called to do? <laughs> no way. When we look at Moana, she had no idea the full scope of the journey ahead of her. All she knew was she needed to find this guy named Maui somehow, and then somehow get to the heart, of, restore the heart of Tafiti, and get past the lava monster, all of that. Moana didn't even know how to sail, and she is called out onto the sea. Anyone here know how to sail? A couple people know how to sail. Is it easy? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. I have no idea how to sail. I would be totally lost trying to figure that out. Think about the disciples. The disciples had no idea how to make fishers of men. They probably didn't even know what that meant. They were like, what are you talking about, Jesus? But okay, I'm following you. They had no idea what it would actually take to follow Jesus. But then you fast forward and you read through the Gospels and you see Acts and we read back and we see the journey they went on and how God used them and equipped them along the way. And what we find is the, the old saying proves true that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Consider Moses. Remember his profound calling when God showed up in a burning bush to speak with him. He speaks 
Moses speaks with God at that calling, and he was concerned. He didn't have the skills for their job. I'm not the right guy for the job. And this is what it says. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And God's answer, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Remember who's calling you. God will give you everything you need to do what God has called you to do. He will equip you along the way. When we consider our calling, our purpose in life, it's our nature to want all the answers. But almost always, he just shows us that first step. Or we may not feel capable. And guess what? We will never have all the answers. We will never feel or even be fully capable. But that's okay. Because God has all the answers. God is more than capable. So step toward him and trust he will see you through. The third way we're encouraged to live into our identity, into our calling from Awana, is the good news that you are going to want to give up. You are going to want to quit. You're going to always want to throw in the towel and say, Oh, Nelly, I did not sign up for this. This is hard. This is stretching me. This is not what I wanted. I just want to go sit in my lazy boy and eat some Cheetos, okay? <laughs> You're going to want to give up. It will feel impossible. It will seem like all the work isn't worth it. You're going to want to step back into that luxury of comfort. Forget it all. Think of Moana if you've watched it. She gets to the lava monster with Maui, who's kind of made a big turn, faces major defeat. Maui's fish hook like breaks. Maui leaves her high and dry. The boat's ruined. She has no idea how to get past the lava monster and accomplish her calling. What happens? Well, Grandma appears as like a manta ray ghost thing. It's a Disney movie, okay? <laughs> But grandma appears, and what does grandma do? It's what a lot of our grandmas have done. Reminds us again, reminds her again of who she is. Think of the disciples after Jesus' death. Imagine the sense of defeat, of loss, of all this for nothing. What do they do? You know the story. They go back to what they knew before. They fished. And what does Jesus do but meet them in their pain, meet them in their questioning, and reminds them of who he is and who they are in him. See, in those times when you feel like it's not worth it, remember who you are and why you labor. Remember what Christ has done for you and what he will continue to do through you. Moana's victory was on the other side of this defeat. The disciples, their ministry hadn't even begun until after 
the resurrection, and we know what they have done. And the same is true for you. There is freedom and more on the other side of the valleys as you seek to follow him. And the final thing Moana can teach us about living into our God-given calling is that as we live into our calling, it will inspire others to do the same. This picture is a very small moment in the movie of Moana. It's at the very end. It's the last song. And, and what we see here is this is Moana with her dad, the dad who was so fearful because he lost his friend back in the day of going beyond the reef. And Moana, Moana have nothing to do with that. Here's Moana teaching and leading her dad how to voyage, how to sail, how to live into his identity and his calling and his purpose. He has been inspired by Moana's faithful living. As we live into our calling, it will inspire others to do the same. We know the disciples received the Great Commission, and oh my goodness, did they live it out. Just read the book of Acts and you will see it. And we know the disciples, they, they, they weren't perfect. They're human like us. They messed up. They sinned. They strayed. They argued. They got distracted. But by God's grace and by God's power, he brought them back on the path. They remembered who they were and who they were meant to be. And just like Jesus before them, the disciples inspire us to live into our own calling. Fulfilling our purpose in life, oh, it has major kingdom impact. You have no idea what one small step of faithfulness God might use for his kingdom. You have no idea. So friends, may we remember who we are. And may we remember who we were made to be. You were made for a purpose. You are called by God to follow him, to love, live, and lead in Jesus' name. But a little warning before we finish. Stepping out in faith is a step through the fear and away from our comfort. Fear and comfort, those are the two enemies of living on mission for God. So a couple questions to take with you. Where are you allowing fear to stop you from living into your calling? And where are you allowing your comfort to disrupt your calling? Remember, you are a beloved child of God, called to follow Jesus in every area of your life. So we declare today that we will be faithful to what is right in front of us right now. We declare that we will not give up when things get hard, but we will rely on God throughout the journey. And we will trust that God will give us everything we need to do what he calls us to do. And so we step forward today believing that God has called us to more. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are deeply humbled by the truth that you have chosen to advance your kingdom work through us, humans who are frail and prone to wander. And yet, because your spirit is with us, because of your great love for us and how you equip us, 
Nothing will stop the advancement of your kingdom. God, we confess for the times we have stood in the own way of us living into our calling. We confess the ways that we have failed to always do that and live on mission and on purpose for you. But God, may today be a reminder, an inspiration for us to step again into the person you have made us to be. We thank you that there is meaning to this life. We thank you that there is a purpose you have given us and that what we do and how we live matters. May you treat us with grace when we stumble and encourage us when we doubt and push us forward to accomplish what you have in store for us. We believe great things are ahead because you are the king and this is your kingdom. So may your will be done here in this place. It's in Jesus' name, the king, that we pray. Amen. Amen.